This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, it's another episode of At The Turn, a very special episode. This is our Open Championship preview. I'm Joe. That's Nick. Nick, are you excited for the season's final major? I am. When you put it that way, God, it's crazy. It's not even July right now when we're recording this, and we're already talking about the last major of the year, um, which is wild. But I am. I'm pumped up. The, the the Open or the British Open, whatever you prefer to call it, is going to be awesome this year. Royal Port Rush is going to be awesome, and uh, I definitely am pumped up. Yeah, so we'll talk about the venue. We'll make our picks. But let's talk about that new format for a second. Um, you know, obviously, PGA moves from August to May, so there is a major every month, um, April, May, June, July, as opposed to having that break between the Masters and the U.S. Open, and it kind of stretching out later on in the year. And they did it, you know, mostly to have the FedEx Cup end before football season because people stop caring about golf when football season. So I don't know if it's going to make the FedEx Cup matter that much more. Um, but British Open. What are they the going last- to do? Just to sidetrack, when they realize that it's not football season that's not making people care about the FedEx Cup, <laughs> and it's actually the FedEx Cup why people don't care about the FedEx Cup. <laughs> I mean, I think most of us already feel that way that the FedEx cup is bad because it's made up. It's not, it's not like a real thing that anyone really cares about. Like, okay, between the two of us, we could probably name all the FedEx cup champions, but it would, it would take a little bit like Bill Haas and Brant Snedeker on that list. So it's like, all right, cool. (laughs) Billy Horschel. All right, sweet. Like who cares? Anyway, we're, we're, we're getting off topic. I like the new format. Um, I think the U- the British Open, rather, is the most unique major, um, obviously, for a lot of reasons, the kind of course it's played on because it's in Europe. But because it also starts earlier in the day, I like that we have – because oftentimes, and I'm not trying to badmouth the PGA Championship. It is a fine organization and an even better tournament. <laughs> My whole thing is that the British Open, it kind of 
already felt like the end of major season to me before. And I think it helps the PGA to be in the, because the PGA this year was huge. It was at famous venue in Bethpage. You had Brooks Kepka is your winner. Like there was a lot of stuff going on there. And the British Open, I feel like, kind of was my end of the golf. Like, I stopped caring as much after the Open ended anyway. So now that that's more official, I like the move. I feel like the PGA was fighting this stigma of the, the, biggest, the biggest issue about the PGA or the, the biggest storyline was it's the last major. Like, oh, it's, it's the last chance for somebody to win a major this year rather than the championship itself. And I don't think the British Open... and. Let's just let's just decide to call it the British Open because that's what we're used to. I feel wrong when I don't call it the Open, but I'm just going to call it the British Open. And you know what? Tweet me. Tweet us about it if, if you're upset about it. I feel like the British Open will not have that problem. There, it's it's The tournament itself is big enough to be the storyline. And the PGA Championship in May has been awesome. The PGA Championship the last three, four, or five years has a ton of momentum. And I, and I think in 10 years... We're going to forget that it was the forgotten major and it's just going to be, you know, a major that we look forward to every May. Um, and the British Open will never be fall into that category that the PGA did where it was it was just kind of important because it was the last chance to win a major. But it was still kind of being forced as a major. I think now the PGA championship is more solidified. People care more in May and the British Open is still going to be an awesome and unique tournament. And um, so I think, I think it's better all the way around. I, I do think it's a little weird that it ends. The major season ends in like mid July, which is, is super weird that we're talking about that right now. But other than that, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Well, if you look at the majors, you know, the masters has the most tradition and prestige. The U S open is the most difficult. The British open is the oldest and the PGA to your point hopefully can find a hook because the problem is you're right. Their hook was, oh, glory's last shot, you know, last major of the year. Like, that's not real. So I think this gives the, the, the PGA an opportunity to put its own stamp on what the tournament actually is. And you're right. The tournament's been really good the last few years. And I think with some good venues coming up, it could continue to distinguish itself and have its own unique prestige around it. So... Speaking of of the uniqueness and some good venues, Joe, how much do you know about Royal Port Rush up in Northern Ireland, the the host of this year's British Open? Well, I'll be I'll be honest. Before I uh, I googled it a couple of days ago, I knew very little about it, other than it was hosting the tournament itself. I'll go one step further. I knew nothing about it. I didn't uh, even know it was in Northern Ireland. <laughs> fine, the, the, which is probably what you know a lot of our listeners know. I I. Did some very fine reading, and I will credit Golf Magazine for in-depth British Open preview on my uh, recent overseas flight, and I I learned quite a bit. And the fascinating the, the history of all the infrastructure they built to host this tournament. I mean, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. It sounds like, which was a huge obstacle to get them to host a major championship there. So they're adding like metro lines and obviously all sorts of hotels and 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 uh, just just the infrastructure to host this event, and then. The you know the there's like been wars going on and all sorts of all sorts of crazy stuff. So just to get them to play a major golf championship at this venue is awesome. And the course itself seems incredible. They rerouted a couple of holes. They borrowed a couple of holes from a sister course. It looks like it's going to be a really awesome venue. And just the fact that I mean you mentioned that the fact that it's on this course is really cool. But just the fact that there's a major in Northern Ireland period 
is kind of remarkable with all the politics involved with having something like this there. Uh, you alluded to wars. Like, it, so this is the second time it's hosted the uh, British Open. It hosted it in 1951. Nick, can you tell me the winner? Uh, was that the year Max Faulkner won? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that must have, that that was uh, some in-depth research. That was the year. Yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> three under, uh, and yeah, this is this is now the second time it's being hosted at Royal Port Rush. Which is we should appreciate the fact that a course is hosting the British Open for the second time because usually they host it every eight or ten years, and there's this rotation and. And it's the same, it's, it's, you know, some really awesome courses that we're used to. But when was the last time a course hosted the British Open for the second time? If that makes sense. Yeah, probably 1951, <laughs> you know, around that time. It's, it, it, it is rare you see court, like new, it's not like the U.S. Open where you get an Aaron Hills or a Chambers Bay that are going to randomly host it. It's courses that have been around for 150 years, you know? Yeah. So it also hosted the Irish Open in 2012, won by Jamie Donaldson. So there has been some tournament golf there, but to your point, it is not very common. Anything else before you get? Well, you want to get to the picks? Let's get let's get to the picks, Joe. That's what the fans came here for. So let's let's give them what they wanted. Are we O for the major season? Have we picked a winner in 2019? Uh, so far, we're we're um, O for the year, but clearly <laughs> after this, we won't be. Once once we get our picks in, uh, I think the fans will understand why. All right. Do you want to go with your dark horse first? My dark horse. And I know I'm kind of being I'm hedging a lot on dark horse because this guy is a household name. But um, Tony Fino, that's my dark horse. He was finished tied for ninth last year at the British Open. He was tied for fifth at the Masters. He was right there in contention at this year's Masters until he plunked one in the water there on 12. And basically, um, you know, Tiger Woods, we all know what happened from there. But Fino's been playing some really good golf. He's one of those guys I think will get a major sooner or later. And um, I think he's a smart guy. I think he can he can figure out his way to get around a golf course, which is what you need to do at the British Open. So I got Tony Fino as my dark horse. Joe, is that is that, is that an acceptable dark horse? I'll allow it. Yeah, okay. I mean, he... It's borderline, it's fringe. It is, but I mean, Tony Fino is a guy who hasn't won a ton. So from that perspective, it's okay, but... He also feels like the kind of guy who's going to be on Ryder Cup teams henceforth for the U.S. For sure. Now, this is a dark horse, Nick. <laughs> 500 to 1. <laughs> the 2011 winner of the British Open, Darren Clark. He's from Northern Ireland. He's playing a lot on the senior tour, getting a lot of reps in. Uh, he's got a great head of hair, Nick. I don't know if you've seen this man lately, but the hair is fantastic. Just a silver mane. Mm. Of perfectly kept hair, got great scruff going. He's got like the big belly. I love his whole aesthetic. So it, it's just really suited for British Open and winning and looking regal. And British Open, it's the one major where you feel like an old guy can sneak in because, oh, yeah, Darren Clark hits bullets about 10 feet off the ground and they just run forever. That is his <laughs> ball flight. And that is tailor made when he won in 2011. He came completely off the map, and I think he won by, like, six, and he hasn't been heard from since. So he's kind of, you know, in that Angel Cabrera sort of, like, mold, right? Big dude, just kind of gets it done in big events. 500 to 1, Darren Clark. Joe, does he know anything about the course? Yeah, he's a member there, bro. How about that? Member. 
So, yeah, he may know a thing or two about it. Guys, Darren Clark, take all your savings. You can multiply it by 500 if you put it on Darren Clark to win the British Open. Just do That's it. That's all you got to do. Um, speaking of old guys winning this tournament, God, I was reading. This is going to be the 10-year anniversary of Tom Watson having a lead in the fairway on the 18th of the 72nd hole. Oh, my God. Un- unbelievable. Ugh. Go back and watch that or read about it if you haven't. That was that will never be done again. You know uh, what I remember I, about that real quick? Sorry, but yeah, no, yeah. no, tell me. That's I was watching that tournament all weekend, and then my good for nothing college girlfriend <laughs> made me go on a hike that no. Sunday morning, and I had to like because it was you know oh nine, so our phones weren't what they are now. I was just in the car like on the way to the hike, so mad, not saying a word, just refreshing as often as I could. And I saw Tom Watson had a one-shot lead going to the 72nd hole. And then we lost cell service for like five hours. <laughs> oh, my it was God. ridiculous. You know what, Joe? You're actually lucky. Because you know what it's like to live in a world where Tom Watson most likely just won the British Open at like the age of 150 or whatever he was. I mean, what was he, like 58? He was 59. Oh, my God. You, yeah. like, you lived in a world for five hours where that probably happened. That was a good world. That was a good time to be alive. Okay, That's sorry. Probably, okay. Your Let's contender. get to my contender. <laughs> um, Joe, do you know there's a guy who's not named Brooks Kepka who's got three top threes in the last four majors? Stop it. Who is it? His name is Xander Schauffele, and you can have him for 22 to 1 at the British Open, and he is my contender. He finished tied for second at the 2019 Masters, Tied for third at the 2019 U.S. Open and tied for second at the 2018 British Open. He also won a World Golf Championship in that time and the Tournament of Champions, arguably the hardest tournament to win in that time. So Xander Schauffele, my contender, at 22 to 1. Wait a minute. What is the argument that the Tournament of Champions is the hardest tournament to win? There's 30 people in the field. you got to win to even get in. Oh, so you're saying just getting yes. in is difficult? Well, then and then to beat all these winners. Stop it. That's I'm the just smallest saying, field of I'd the year. Argue, yeah, because it's the most elite field of the year, which means it's the hardest to get into. And then once you're there, you got to beat 20, 29 other guys who are winning on tour. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying, an argue, just saying an argument can be made. Okay. Mark it. X <laughs> is about to win. The British Open. Do people call him X, or is that a thing you're starting? I like it. I just, I just typed X, and then I just was like, well, I think I can stop typing there. There's <laughs> nobody cont- else Nobody else. this player could be. My contender is the odds-on favorite. He's also from Northern Ireland. He's not going to win, but I have to put him as a contender because I think he's going to finish very high. He set the course record in 2005. He shot a 61. He was 16 years old. Roy McIlroy is my contender. To win the British Open. I don't think I need to go on. He's Rory. No, he is having an incredible season. Um, like one of the one of the best seasons of anybody right now. So that's a good pick. I w- it would be awesome. It would be so cliche if he won in Northern Ireland. But it would be so awesome. Uh, well, I hope he does. That's where it's like, I think the pressure of like, ha- like, you're trying to win the Ryder Cup by yourself at that point, right? Like you have the whole country on your back. They're gonna go nuts if you're even if he's even in 
within four shots of the lead with nine holes to go, those people are going to lose their stinking minds. Rory's clutch. It has been, he hasn't won a major in five years now. So it's been a little while. Um, He could win this tournament by 10, but I think he'll be in contention and ultimately not win the tournament. Hope he does. Well, Joe, the reason why he's not going to win is because the guy I have winning is going to win. Um, We've been hesitant to to pick this person to be a major champion. I actually don't think either of us have done it in the history of this podcast, but I'm going to do it. Mm. Tiger Woods is going to win the 2019 British Open, Joe. Really? Yes, he is. I think he is, like you said, I'm not going to call him old, but he is of the age where he's a guy who can figure out how to get around a golf course and not just try to overpower it. He's not going to be stubborn. He's going to he's going to know how to play it. Um, he won at St. Andrews when he hit one drive in four rounds, something like that. Is that correct? He's, he's going to hit the right shots. He's also, don't underestimate this, going to be very well-rested heading into this tournament because he's very selective about his schedule. Um, I just think Tiger Woods is going to get it done. He's going to add a second major this year. He's going to heat up that conversation with him and Jack Nicklaus. Um, and it's going to make for a really, really fun next, you know, be- whatever between between the British Open and the and next year's Masters. Tiger Woods, since his Masters win, missed the cut at the PGA. Backdoor top 10 at the by, Memorial. By, by like... You know, he he had a putt on the last green. He he just wanted the weekend off. I wouldn't worry about that. One. I wouldn't worry about that one. It happens just to, to just, just he just wanted a party in Long Island. He sure. knew he wasn't going to win. You know, it's fine. It's no big deal. And then T twenty one at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. I was surprised he didn't contend there. But okay, Tiger. I like it. You're going with Tiger. Yeah. Um, Do we even need to tell the fans who uh, you, you picked as your winner for uh, okay. for this one. I know you haven't watched much so, golf lately. I, 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 you're right. I haven't. I'm going to need you to make a strong argument on this one. That's all I'm saying. Okay. My argument is me. My argument is this: If you go to Google and type in Ricky Fowler images, <laughs> that young man's haircut is out of control. I haven't seen him with the hat off, but he's got like like weird long like mullet stuff he's going. Getting the mullet going. The last he's I saw, the he, going. last I saw it was like the the stage two of of getting the mullet going. Well, this is like stage two point five because it's neither a mullet or a normal haircut anymore. It's in a really weird growth pattern. But I would say a couple weeks, maybe uh, when it's time to be at Royal Port Rush. Not only is the mullet, but the mustache. He's got the mustache coming in. I think both of those things are big reasons why Ricky Fowler is going to win the Open Championship. Look, Nick, it's the sort of thing where there was this period where everyone is picking Ricky Fowler to win every single major, and he wasn't doing it. He wasn't really contending. The Masters, where he finished second, that was the closest, where he lost to Patrick Reed. I think this is going to be a week where he's going to be under the radar. He's been playing pretty well this season. He's he's 10th in the FedEx Cup. He's, he's playing pretty good golf. He just needs things to come together. He for my money, has the best putting stroke in the world. That thing is, I'm always in awe of his putting stroke when I see it. I think he's going to putt very well, keep the ball in play, stuff some wedges, and he's going to beat Rory on his turf. Ricky Fowler, monkey off his back finally, wins his first major. He's going to, look, he's he's not a young buck anymore, Nick. He's only a few years away. No, he's not. Mickelson, I think, was 33 or 34 when he won his first major, and Fowler is rapidly approaching that 
Um, he's certainly the best player in the world without a major. I you think, think so. What? Who? What's 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 the argument? I don't know. Xander Schauffele, John Rahm, um, Tony Finau. Those guys are all certainly in the conversation. Okay. Joaquin Neiman certainly in the conversation. <laughs> or has he won one? <laughs> no, no, I don't think he has. So, Ricky Fowler has been one of the top ten players in the world. I don't know. Close to a decade, Nick. Another time on another podcast, we can debate the best player without a major because I'm not convinced it's Ricky anymore. I would Why? like to do a little more research, but oh my goodness, I, I just am not. Okay, this is definitely a topic for a future podcast. It is prepare to just get dunked on mercilessly in that well, discussion. Well, maybe according to you, by the time that next podcast is recorded, <laughs> Ricky won't even be in the conversation. <laughs> I hope that's the case, and then we can debate if Xander Schauffele or Tony Finau are the best player without a major. <laughs> Goodness. So, out of your picks, Darren Clark, Rory McIlroy, and Ricky Fowler, who do you actually think is the is going to win out of those three guys? Ricky Fowler. Okay. I know what you want me to say. You want me to say Rory, but I'm not going to. Well, I Rick- act, based on what you just told me on this whole segment, I feel like you believe Darren Clark is going to win over those guys. I mean, I kind of so want to the best. Well, let me just rephrase. After you made those arguments... I feel like Darren Clark has the best <laughs> chance of winning out of those three guys. I mean, Darren Clark, it's a. This would be like if the British Open was played at the University of Idaho golf course. We're gonna have a chance. We know the course. I, I mean, you need to separate me from you first of all in, the, in that conversation. I was just trying to be. Playing. That'd be like, be like, so like, like Ricky Fowler and his caddy both have a chance. <laughs> be like, well, clearly. <laughs> Okay, do we have anything else on the That's British it. Open? Um, I, I am, I'm really excited for this tournament. I guess it's got a new perspective being the last major of the year. That's going to be definitely a weird feeling. But um, I do love the time slot. I love the early morning golf. I, I would prefer – I like the, the Hawaii the Hawaii swing, the, the late night golf. could be on the East Coast. You know, you get the like 7, a, 7 p.m. You know, primetime golf. I like that better. But – in lieu of that, I'll take the early morning golf. Anytime you can bookend it where you can do something else the rest of your day, I'll absolutely love it. So looking forward to watching a lot of this tournament. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Glory's last shot, the British Open. Darren Clark is your winner. Please do what you can to get some money on him. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of At The Turn. And, God, I mean, are we going to do a FedEx Cup thing? Really? What do we do? What do we do from here, Nick? Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be time to follow the FedEx Cup. Um, you know, President's Cup is coming up. We're going to talk about who's going to make the President's Cup team. Um, I'm always interested in, in who the guys are who are going to make the jump from the web.com. It's not the web.com tour anymore. It's like the it's like the corn something. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the uh, Von Frank tour. <laughs> it's, it's something weird, yeah. But I, I'm interested in that kind of, like, who, you know, who those guys are who, who are in contention to, to get their tour card for the first time or maybe guys who are trying to get it for the second or third time. So we could follow those storylines the rest of the summer. We still got a lot. We still got a lot of interesting golf to talk about. Plenty LPGA, of LPGA, I would like to talk. I know we said it last time. I would like to introduce a regular LPGA segment. Um, so stay tuned for that later on in the summer. That Plus, is Yeah, that we, is got, we, got, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot to come. There's Nick, a lot of golf also, Joe, that's not tour golf. I have about. to mention, I have to mention, thank you so much to all of those who have supported at the turn. 
I want to give a shout out to the top three cities. These are the cities that listen to this podcast the most. Nick, I want you to guess. I'm not going to make you be specific about the cities, but I want you to guess the region that these cities are. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, you're mentioning this because we had our 10,000th play on this podcast, which is great. It's modest, but you know what? I, I, I'm proud of that. That's it's great. a big deal for us. Um, well, I'm definitely going to say the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I, I bet you we, we uh, have some fans out in the, in the PNW. I mean, I'm sure we do, but not recently. So here are the top three cities. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Number one, Concord, North Carolina. What? Number two, St. Louis, Missouri. Big in St. Louis. Wow. And number three, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. So we're big in the Carolinas. They love us in the South. Wow. Love Shout it. out to everyone who listens. Thank you for helping us get to 10,000. We'll be back with an exciting new episode of At The Turn very soon. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.